Well, it's not all that often you hear a judge in a ruling use the words like bewildering injustice that a case was prosecuted at all. But that is part of the ruling from a Quebec court judge. And this is a case involving neighbors and one neighbor that gave the other neighbor the one fingered salute. The judge has ruled giving someone the middle finger is a God given right that belongs to all Canadians. So I saw that headline, wanted to talk about this more. Ari Goldkind is with us now, criminal defense lawyer, also a legal analyst and political commentator. Ari, thank you so much for being with us. It is delightful to be with you, and I know you and I will not be flipping each other the bird. No, no. But if we wanted to, we could, and it would be fine, according to this, this judge. What are your thoughts on this case? So, Jill, this is a really interesting case, but not for the reasons just that people are talking about, which is we can all give each other the finger in traffic, which we shouldn't do, particularly in a country becoming more violent. What stands out to me from this decision is something that almost never happens, Jill. And you follow courts for a long time, and you know that so often judges will use legalese. They'll speak in a language that nobody who doesn't speak Latin or something else can understand. And it's written basically only that in a language that other lawyers can understand. You get what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's yes. dry. It's boring. It conveys nothing. This judge, and he deserves great, great credit for it. His name is Justice Galiastasos. And I'm not going to pronounce it correctly, but for people who want to look it up. He tears into the police. He tears into the prosecution. He is really angry that this man got charged. And without taking up too much time, he was charged because the person he was charged with giving the bird to used the police in the criminal justice system as sort of an extortion, weaponized way. The judge saw it right from the beginning, and he said, this should never have been brought to a court. This should never have been in front of me. This is a disgusting waste of time. He wanted to throw the case literally out the window. I mean, literally like you and I taking something and throwing it out the window. And that kind of language, Jill, is really... Now, I'm not being a defense lawyer here because, you know, you've had me on and I'm down the middle and and I give the Crown every benefit of the doubt because we should have a safe society, which right now Vancouver, Toronto and Montreal are not. But there have to be consequences in our country that when people make false accusations in a time where the courtroom of public opinion has more ability to ruin a life than the actual courtroom. Good for this judge for coming out against the victim in air quotes. You can see my fingers Mm -hmm. doing that. This judge was outraged. He spoke in a plain spoken way. He was speaking to the public, which last time I checked is a big part of the judicial job. And for me, that's why it's refreshing that not only did he call out giving the bird his protected speech, but he actually went at the people who had this man charged and said they're lucky to not be charged because of all the various and sundry terrible things these people did in a neighbor dispute. So to me, to end why I think the case stands out, because it's a remarkable breath of fresh air, and if only other judges followed that lead.
Uh, and because it is a bizarre case, and like you said, this is something, it wasn't a one-off. This was a, a long-standing feud between these two neighbors, or at least that's uh, what they said. They clearly didn't get along on uh, numerous uh, in, uh, numerous times they'd not gotten along. But in the, the particular uh, incident in question that led to this was the one neighbor saying that he got home from a walk, he, he ran into this neighbor who lived on the same Quebec street, they'd had previous conflicts, and it said that this time he threatened him while he was holding a power tool in a menacing way, and that the reply was to give him two middle fingers and then continue walking, and, and that's what then led to this charge and, and, and to the courts. I mean, even that seems like a bit of a stretch, doesn't it? And that's why, Jill. Now you're hitting the, you're hitting it right on the money. The judge was extraordinarily critical of the police for even allowing this to make it into a courtroom. And I want to give you a reason why that's important. And just to your point about what the judge went on, he basically called the accusers total liars. In this day and age of anti-social media and the courtroom of public opinion, everybody tiptoes around these ideas that people make stuff up or that allegations are false. There's a big story in Toronto right now where somebody made the worst of allegations, the worst that you could be called, and it's being unpacked. There's never a punishment to the person who accuses somebody falsely. And here's why this is important. You and I are talking about this on air, and, you know, there's a bit of humor to it, Jill. You know, he gave the guy the finger, right? We're sort of smiling and wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and you and I do it, and, you know, somebody steps on our shoe or somebody cuts you off in traffic. Like, we're having a little bit of a laugh of it. But you don't have enough time before we have to go to break for me to tell you what a criminal charge can do to a man who has a family, never had trouble with the law before, has a couple of kids. People think you get, you just get charged and you go on the people's court and Judge Wapner or Judge Judy shows up. And the consequences are not that serious. And when you're found innocent, you know, everything is great. Being charged with a crime by a police force can literally change your life forever. That's why, again, I have deep admiration for this judge. And believe me, Jill, I go after certain judges that I think get things wrong. I mean, last time I checked, there's still the ability in this country to speak freely. What this judge really deserves praise because he calls out the destruction that the accuser tried to do to the man who was charged says he's not going to stand for it. And I think it was a beautiful piece of literature, if I can use that term. Well, and, and the judge even calls out the accuser because it was the accuser that also said, and clearly these neighbors don't get along, but the accuser had said he thought that the man who'd been charged had been filming him and, and was keeping tabs on him and his family when the judge and the judge called out the accuser and said, actually, you're the one who's been filming this neighbor and you're the one that's been doing this to your neighbor and kind of turned the tables on him. And that's why if you accept that this judge is right, and let's for the purposes of our discussion assume he's right, because none of us were there, the judge wasn't there, this is again in line with what's going on in our society. There's a term that I hate, I think it's overused, it's called gaslighting, where you, uh, I think you know what that means, mm -hmm. where you tell somebody that what's happening right in front of them isn't happening, you make something up out of thin air, I can give 10 examples. What this judge did, and it's not... I mean, it is as rare as the dodo bird. Rather than using judicial speak, Jill, which is, you know, I prefer the evidence of one over the other or I'm left in a reasonable doubt. 
by the other. Or, you know, there's smoke, but there may not be fire, so accordingly I cannot convict. What a breath of fresh air that this judge comes out and says that the other side is a complete liar. And judges, I can tell you, Jill, are very, very reluctant to do it, even when it's warranted. And that's why I always worry when the criminal justice system or the use of police is weaponized to go after people that you consider your opponent. We saw it for the last three years when people demonstrated in ways that, you know, offended other people. The criminal justice system and the use of police in handcuffs should not be used in a weaponized way. And and in this case, then, why do you think, and I know you kind of have to get inside the head of the judge, but why do you think it was this case that this judge was so much, so so out there as using regular language and saying that he says in the ruling, and you mentioned this, he says that the court is inclined to actually take this file and throw it out the window, which is the only way to adequately express my bewilderment with the fact that this man was subject to an arrest and charge. Now, not having had the pleasure of met a meeting or speaking to this judge, let me give you, if I was in issues, why I do that, use that language. Jill, how many times have you heard in Vancouver, in your province and other provinces across Canada, that there's a case that's very serious, somebody has been sexually assaulted, somebody's been home invaded, but their case gets tossed out for delay because it took too long to get their case to trial. Or a drug driver gets a free pass because it took two years to get him to trial. This matter that you and I are speaking about, again, with some levity, took up a day or two of a judge's time. That means that a serious case, a drunk driver, a rapist, that case was put into holding. That case didn't take up the judge's time. The judge's time was taken up by a flip the bird use of court resources. And I think that would be deeply frustrating to a judge in Montreal, Vancouver, or Toronto. And I'm going to take you right inside baseball here, Jill. If I had a dollar for every time I'm told as a lawyer, judicial resources are scarce, we don't have enough time in court, we don't have enough judges, well, if I had a dollar for every time I have heard that, I assure you I would be in the south of France tonight. (laughs) I, uh, I do not question that at all. Uh, Ari, just one, one final question. And like you said, we are treating this with some levity. But does it also, uh, having gone through this and seen what the judge said, does it give us some comfort that we don't live in a world where, yes, it's not pleasant, it's not a nicety, but do we really want to ever live in a world where we are, are, are fearful if we flip someone the bird, we're going to end up with a criminal charge? I think it's a great question, Jill. And in fact, the judge in his decision talks about that. He says quite properly, it's uncivil, it's uncouth, it's a bit low class to flip the double bird. But you know what? We live in a world where you have seen, and we've seen this again for a number of years, where people try and equate symbols or even words to actual violence. I can assure you, Jill, as somebody who defends actual violence, The morons and dummies who equate some words or political positions you don't agree with with violence is a real problem in our society. Now, that's not to say that a real threat, Jill, or real criminal harassment isn't something worthy of police and court attention. It is, and it should be. 
But in a case like this, good for a court for not dressing it up into fancy terms where every time now you have an argument with somebody, you look at somebody the wrong way, you make a face. That is not for the criminal justice system. And again, to be more boring than I like to be, people don't understand the consequences, even if you're innocent and you can clear your name and you can pay somebody like me, which you shouldn't have to do if this happened. Just the laying of a charge, Jill, can ruin somebody's life. And when I find out in this case, this man is a father, a husband, wants to play with his two kids in front of his home, just arresting him will affect him for the rest of his life. I absolutely guarantee it, Jill, even though he's been made victorious. All right, Ari, thank you for this. Uh, I've kept you uh, longer than I meant to, but thanks so much for joining us and talking more about this case. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure to speak to you.